calling shuttle pod three. You're cleared for departure. Safe travels. Welcome back to Shuttle Scuttle. Joining me, James, this week is our wonderful audio engineer, George, and the infamous, the brilliant, and the blue, Noah Averback Katz. Infamous? What have I done? <laughs> Tell me. This is exciting. I usually, just some guy, usually Mary's husband, but infamous, I'm into, man. And wonderful. Where's my infamy? <laughs> Everybody George. knows what you did, all right? We know what you did, George. They said cancellation only lasts five years. Not for you, so. man. Not for for you you're done <laughs> you still got about four and a half years left by that God. measure i think God damn. but anyway our personal shuttle this week is transporting an important delegate from the andorian delegation to a conference on frap prime so this week we decided we would look at type one shuttlecraft but it turns out they don't actually exist in the star trek canon although they have existed in beta canon there is the enterprise type one shuttle pod but this isn't a pod scuttle although it is a scuttle pod my brain hurts this is the most english podcast i've ever been on i feel like i'm full on on the bbc they're gonna like show me an old building and be like you won't believe who lived here anyway here's a shuttle we made earlier <laughs> there you go exactly right <laughs> me and james are quite frankly horrified at your lack of suit noah yeah i'm not wearing a suit i'm not oh, uh, yes, i don't course. have a middle part uh oh, the on. camera Let's isn't see. below me looking up and i like crouch down to talk to it you know and um, we haven't got a ticker at the bottom either just kind of updating us on half the things that we're saying as we say them it's <laughs> it's all very amateur over here but let's talk about something decidedly not amateur and very professional looking uh your short film noah type one well it's not done yet so i can't speak to the quality of it i think the kickstarter looks pretty good uh so it hopefully does. that that passes muster but yeah you know uh, um, me and Anthony and Mary and a bunch of other friends are, are getting together and trying to make a little movie uh, with the help of the Star Trek and the Star Trek X diabetes community. I think we're going to wind up doing this thing, which is uh, I didn't really think about when I started the Kickstarter. So I'm <laughs> I'm like, oh, boy, this is a huge mistake. I should have never done this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm familiar with that feeling, but looking at your crowdfunder, you know, you're already at $69,000 from an initial target of, was it 20? 25. So, yeah, so absolutely smashed it. Definitely. Already. You've got 18 days to go. I know. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with these last 18 days. I've been scrambling like, oh my God, I got to figure something else <laughs> out, you know? I thought you were about to say, I don't know what I'm going to do with these $69,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to Jamaica and the movie is 30 <laughs> seconds long. It's on my iPhone and yeah. It's just a recording of you sleeping on the plane to Jamaica. Exactly. exactly. Well, the real twist of the movie is I'm not even a diabetic. So it just the whole thing falls out. I'm canceled for five years and I'll come back in five years with another Kickstarter. Oh, we'll almost be synced up then. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you two can do a crossover and do your Kickstarter together in five years' time. I'm not working with George after what he did. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> so what's your relationship with type 1 diabetes then, Noah? I've been a type 1 
diabetic for almost 20 years. I was diagnosed in 2003-ish, the summer between my, this isn't going to mean anything to you freaks, but between uh, eighth grade and my freshman year of high school, uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know, you probably see like uni or middle middle sex uh, zoning school. I don't know. (laughs) How old were you? I was 13, which I don't know if you guys do numbers, but we do 13. I'm joking. That's too mean. All right. I got got relaxed now. But I was diagnosed at 13 and have kind of been dealing with it ever since. And especially during the pandemic, I've gotten more involved. You know, one of the uh, wonderful things about living here in the United States is that we have great health care and health insurance and everything's perfect and there's no issues at all. Mm -hmm. During the pandemic, it didn't cause any problems for people when they lost their job or lost their health insurance. And I definitely didn't have to, you know, drive around New York City and give out surplus insulin that I had. Um, So I just sort of gotten more and more involved in the community. And the first thing I really did after my few episodes of Star Trek were out was was run a um, run a couple of fundraisers for an organization called T1 International, uh, mm-hmm. which is a, a group I really like because they don't take pharmaceutical money, uh, which is wonderful, especially here in the States. And mm-hmm. they are uh, both focused on stuff in the United States, but also around the world as well. So if the United States is lucky enough to have a serious federal price cap on insulin. You know, that's, that would be amazing. Uh, but then the work isn't done because people all over the world still need access to insulin. And, um, mm-hmm. and T1 International does a great job about empowering communities. Individual states have their own chapters and are supported by the main chapters so they can change laws or try to change laws uh, locally, as it were. Well, yeah. T1 International works like at the federal level and also around the world, making sure that the protections that are available in places like Canada or the UK stay in place and aren't rolled back. So that's all to say that's that was my first foray into the Star Trek X diabetes crossover. Um, and I had been I wrote this movie. I had this the idea for the movie before the pandemic, but wrote it sort of during the beginning of lockdown uh, in mm-hmm. New York in in April 2020. And, and everyone's hobbyist spree. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, and just have been you know slowly chipping away at it, building towards it, bringing more people on board uh and and here we are we will um raise this money and we'll turn around and shoot it super quick we're, we're going to try and shoot it in may uh which oh, wow. is insane. That's really quick. just a totally in, just a horrible idea but we have to do it before <laughs> people have to go make other tv shows so yeah. uh it's either now or never is is my thoughts so we'll we'll, we'll make it happen uh but i'm, I'm really excited and I'm, i've just been really blown away and touched by the support of all the communities uh especially a bunch of of type one backers, other, other type one diabetics who have really showed up as well. It's been, it's been a really validating and awesome experience. And I hope that this film uh, lives up to the lofty expectations that are set by this, <laughs> this Kickstarter. <laughs> it strikes me that uh, meeting someone else and being able to establish contact with like a community of other people who suffer from the same thing you do is incredibly valuable. I'm not type one diabetic myself, but my best friend uh, has been type one since I think he was diagnosed around 14. And it was a fairly, uh, fairly, undramatic diagnosis but it's had its moments over the years and uh, I was on a film shoot recently and he was there too and he met someone in the camera department who is also a type 1 and he he said to me I've not actually met another type 1 before Yeah. and they got to talking about all, all kinds of things such as like what, what do they call it uh, chronic illness burnout where you just kind of sure. start thinking that you don't have it anymore maybe yeah. and maybe you don't need your meds and it's a really yeah. dangerous place to get to that feel like they don't really teach you about that much by the sounds of it necessarily depending on where you are at and what resources you have available. Definitely. There's, I mean, 
mean, there's so much there. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that sort of inspired me to start thinking about the short film was I was doing a play in Baltimore and I was working with a deaf actor, a really talented actor named Trishel Edmonds, who was kind enough to sort of allow me to peek behind the curtain of the deaf community and sort of bring me, you know, open the door and allow me in. And there was other deaf consultants and, um, you know, sign language interpreters there. And it was just really striking what a full and vibrant and complex community they have mm. um, and how important that is and how in the type one world, it's uh, not quite like that because for a lot of reasons, you know, there's not as many and they're very spread out. We're spread out all over the country and the world. It is, some people will debate this term, but in the most broad sense, it is an invisible illness, meaning, you know, mm-hmm. you're not necessarily going to know if somebody has it when you're walking down the street or when you interact with them right of the, right away. And it just got me thinking a lot about, you know, community and having a, you know, one of the things that you can build community around is a piece of media, a piece yeah. of art. And I think Star Trek is a great example. You know, I think Star Trek has lived in part because the shows are great and everybody loves them. But I think mainly because of the communities that have sprung up around the shows, mm-hmm. um, Absolutely. Like a full eco- ecosystem, you know, with a, a big pillar tree in the middle, but all these amazing things happening around it that it can exist uh, simultaneously and in concert with each other. So yeah, that's definitely a big driving force for the film. And and I think seeing so many people who are diabetic or no diabetics really want to come out and support this mm-hmm. just sort of shows me what a vacuum there is. You know, people are rushing into this to, to get to be a part of it because I, I, and I feel the same way too, just having the chance to get, yeah. be connected to this community, be connected to a piece of art like this has been very rare um, for our community. And, you know, as much as I joke about it being a piece of crap or whatever, the worst thing that could happen is it's a piece of crap and somebody comes along and says, well, I could do that better. So let me make another one. And and then it's a little better. And it, you know, it it, it begins a new or a new, you know, forward momentum. And in the same way, a lot of what I'm doing is building off of what disability filmmakers have already done by, you know, putting their stories front and center and, Mm -hmm. and, 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 and so, so it is really in conversation, hopefully, you know, with things that have come before me and hopefully things will come after me as well. In the context of Trek, it's kind of interesting though, because as a show, like chronologically, you know, they, they talk about, oh, well, we've, we've eradicated disease. We've eradicated poverty, which of course mm-hmm. paints this beautiful utopian future that, you know, occasionally isn't quite consistent with what they've stated, but um, it also makes it quite difficult. I imagine to get any kind of representation in there for people like type one diabetics or people with conventional disabilities. Sure. You know, I will say, though, to Trek's credit, you know, I think Jordy, mm-hmm. I, I still remember Jordy talking about how, you know, his visor is a part of him and how he doesn't want to let it go because it really makes him up, which, you know, is, of course, this complicated thing about like cures and stuff. But I, I, I don't think that's really what he's talking about. You know, I think really what he's talking about is like having this thing and, and making it a part of you and sort of integrating it into who you are. And I feel like there are these things um, in Trek that uh, that maybe, you know, don't really speak to like the the sort of we cured every disease aspect mm-hmm. of the future, but to more of what the real experience of somebody living with a disability is like. And I think, you know, it's obviously hasn't been perfect and there hasn't been a ton of it, but um, you know, for, for the mid 90s, I think they were doing it better than just about everybody else, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it it, it, there have been things that I think have stuck with the, 
community that they've really just really touched on. And I'm really looking forward to um, Strange New Worlds having yes. a visually impaired actor playing a visually impaired character. Mm-hmm. I'm just mm-hmm. very, very excited to, you know, and, and it being an a to be in that lineage. You know what I mean? It's it's really yeah. exciting. Um, and, and I do think that is sort of the new threshold of both representation and storytelling is to have somebody um, who really understands the experience, who really goes through the experience that you're trying to put on screen, uh, represent it, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel like that that has been a, a great thing that I've been seeing a lot of. And hopefully this gets to be a part of it, you know? To see somebody who actually has type one get to do it write the script be part of the creation process and it not just sort of be used as a um a plot point in con air or steel magnolias or walking dead or whatever yeah for sure for sure and if people do wish to donate to the kickstarter where can they find it you can go on kickstarter and search for type one it'll come up there you can go on my twitter n underscore a underscore k uh and it's in my bio. You could probably just yell on the internet and somebody will send you the right. Where the hell is this thing? Somebody will, somebody will tell you where it is. <laughs> we'll also stick a link in the description for this episode as well for people watching. So you can go straight there. Lovely. Um, but on the topic of uh, the fan film, we've actually just detected a tachyon anomaly that will let us skip into the future and see the final product. So we're going to take that opportunity and we'll let you know our review at some point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it better be good or I'm going with you and I'm going to kick both of your asses. We already talked about critics earlier and I only accept good reviews. Well, you can go ahead, see how it turns out and then if it doesn't turn out quite right. That's a good point. All right, that's fair. I just peeked (laughs) through the anomaly and Noah has has like an eye patch and a sword and I don't know what the the deal is. As long as he doesn't have a goatee. I'm I'm doing that in my next one. It's the same movie, but I'm just doing it with a sword and an eye patch. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) Sounds great to us. But yeah, thank you for listening today. We'll catch you in the next episode and please make sure to give both us and Noah a follow on Twitter. You can also find our episodes across multiple platforms through our website www.shiptalkingpod.com and if you've liked what you've heard please consider joining us as a patron. All money pledged goes right into making, producing and delivering the podcast. Thanks everyone and see you in the future. Very well. No, do you want to do an audible buy just out of interest? I thought that thumbs up was good. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? We can keep that. <laughs> yeah, keep that in.